everybody, and welcome to Real Estate Stories. Today, we have a special episode featuring Josh Harley. We're calling this episode Office Hours, and what we've done is invite Fathom agents from across the country to send in questions for Josh so that Josh can give them his advice on how they can better grow their business. For those of you that may be listening and may not know Josh or be familiar with his background, Josh started in the business as a solo agent. He quickly built a successful team producing hundreds of transactions annually and then leveraged that success into launching Fathom Realty over a decade ago. Since then, Josh has been working to serve our Fathom agents in helping them grow their business. In fact, he daily talks to agents one-on-one -on -one across the country to give them advice and coaching on growing their business. And we're thrilled that he's bringing that knowledge to all of you through office hours here on Real Estate Stories. So Josh, thank you so much for joining us. I'm, I'm glad to be here. It's, it's really exciting to watch these videos, of course, watch the reaction from agents who get to watch them. So it's it's been really refreshing to see this come about. Oh, that's awesome. It has been. And we had such a great response in asking agents to send in questions to for us to talk about here on Office Hours. And the two, there were so many questions, but two areas that questions really focused on were around what's going to happen with inventory in the market. And then, of course, how do you grow your listing inventory in today's market? So those are the two things that we're going to dig into together on today's uh, podcast. Perfect. All right. So let's start with the first one. So inventory. And I know you get asked this question a lot, but just from your perspective, what do you think is going to happen in terms of inventory and supply of listings across the country and maybe say the next 12 months? I'm going to be honest. I'm going to mm -hmm. have to answer. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do a lot of research. I read every analyst paper that comes out. I read all the articles. I mean, I read it all. And then, of course, I talk to our agents as well. And it's it, it's interesting dynamic because what's happening is a lot of people believe that we're going to see fewer homes sold ultimately. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's true. But as far as what does that mean for inventory, that I don't know. And so I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. So we, we've got this very interesting dynamics of a lot of during last year and the year before, there's a lot of home buyers, I'm sorry, home sellers who didn't want to list their home because every time a home went in the market, we'd have six, seven, eight, or 15 or 20, you know, right. offers in the homes. And so their fear was if they listed their home for sale, would they be able to turn around and buy a home on the back end? So there's a lot of home sellers who did not want to, list their home. You know, a lot of homeowners didn't want to list their home because of the fear of what was to come. You know, over time though, that's starting to ease up. And so right now we've got, you know, sometimes one offer on a home or two offers. You know, some markets we're still seeing four or five, but for the most part, we're seeing a lot of easing. You know, homes are sitting in the market now sometimes for two weeks where they were sitting in the market for one or two days. And so a lot of that dynamic is changing. So now you've got more homeowners who are thinking, okay, now I feel better that if I sell my home now, I'll be able to buy a home. Right. But then we got the whole interest rate and right. inflation coming in, right? So inflation's costing the average homeowner, actually home, the average family period, mm -hmm. about $3,000 per year. That means there's less uh, spending that they have available for mortgages, right, for payments. Um, and then with interest rates, interest rates have gone up, you know, almost 100% in the last 12 months. 
you know, really have gotten more than that if you look over the last, you know, year and a half, right? So we we're in the twos and now we're in the mid fives. And so that, that means there's there's less buying power for a home homeowner who wants to sell and then buy another home. Right. You know, they may end up spending more money for a home that's the same size they currently have or spend more money for a home that's smaller than the home they currently have. Mm-hmm. So all these weird dynamics of, yes, is a better time to, to sell, but are they going to be able to buy a, a, an equal home or comparable home for the same mortgage payment? So there's a lot of very weird dynamics. No one truly knows. A lot of people say they know, but no one really knows how this is going to flesh out when it's yeah. all said and done. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, if, if, if only we had that crystal ball, right? That would make, make things easier. So I think that the takeaway, though, would be that, you know, it is uncertain and that it's going to be really important for us as agents to make sure we're educating our clients, right? The crystal ball. Oh, there we the go. Crystal ball up and I'll <laughs> look into my silver skull. That's right. Oh, that's love right. Shakespeare. So that's my. Yes. All right. All right. So uncertain times ahead. It's yes. important to control and educate our clients. So when you are talking with agents that are either new to the business or maybe an existing agent that's saying, look, I know I need to get listings, but how do I go get these listings given all of the the dynamics that you just explained? Like what advice do you give to that agent to really focus in on working with sellers and building that funnel of listing leads? I think that's a great question. I want to kind of go back a little bit to answer this, go back to the last question and that we as, as agents have to become experts, you know, really understanding not only what's happening in the industry, but what does that really mean for homeowners and, you know, potential home buyers, you know, as they sell their home, as they, as they purchase a new home, you know, everyone's freaking out about going from 2% to 3% to five and a half percent. We fail to remember that going back even a decade, you know, five, six, and seven percent was the norm, mm-hmm. and everyone's happy to get six percent. Six and a half yeah. is like awesome. I'm a hero for my family. <laughs> you know, we just got incredibly spoiled at two and three percent. We did. You know, will we ever see two percent again? I don't know. I, I don't think so, but it's possible. You know, three percent. I, I certainly think we can see, but I don't think we'll ever see those twos again. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this may not age, the video may not age well. We might end up. <laughs> yeah, who knows? That's right. But, uh, but 2% is almost unhealthy, right? It, it mm-hmm. be almost, well, now we're dealing with ramifications of, of you know, 2% interest for, for way too long. Yes. Um, so, which is frustrating. I'm in the middle of building a home right now, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the home's going to be done or we're going to be in the fives or sixes. And that's going to really suck because we were like, two, <laughs> like really bummed out. But um, long term, right? Like this goes to educating um, right. so, you know, the homeowners is it's long term. That investment um, and that equity will will make it the right decision to make. Yeah, I think it's helping them understand that that, yes, we're in the fives, but fives is normal. You know, we're just getting back to normal. Yes. Um, so understand that. Understand that it, it probably won't go back to the twos, maybe not even the threes. And if it does, it won't be for a very, very long time to come. Yeah. And so do they really want to sit on the fence for another 10 years? On top of that, you know, making sure you understand that let's say they do sit on the fence for another year, two years, three years, and the home prices continue going up three, four, five or 10 percent per year. Right. So what happens in three years when the home price have gone up, let's say 20 percent? And now the mortgages are back down to 4%. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't save any money. They're still paying more than if they would have just go ahead and pulled the trigger, you know, three years earlier and bought it, you know, at, at the higher interest rate. 
So, you know, don't be fooled to think that everything's about the interest rate. You have to also understand that home prices will continue to go up. Now, there's some markets where we'll see home prices come down a little bit or or flatten out. Um, But I don't think we're going to see, like I've heard some people say we're going to see a 30% correction. Somebody's smoking crack. That's that's (laughs) not going to happen respectfully. Um, You know, but there are some markets we might see a softening or come down a little bit. But, you know, I don't foresee we're going to come down very much because the fact is inventory is still at an all-time low. I mean, some markets we've got one month of inventory or less. And so how do you expect for home prices to come down when when the the supply does not meet the demand? So I I just make sure you understand that so you can help educate the sellers, right, the homeowners. So that way they say, well, I'm afraid to sell because then I've got to buy in this market and that sucks. And, Mm -hmm. you know, once they understand the alternative, they may realize, okay, now is still a good time to buy or sell. Yeah. So I think that's number one is important. Mm -hmm. Um, Do your homework. Really understand the mortgage side. If you don't already have a, a preferred lender, you know, reach out to one of our, our Encompass loan officers and, mm-hmm. and help them educate you on the math and what things look like today, you know, at, you know, let's say five and a half percent versus three years from now at, you know, four and a half percent to four right. percent. I think they can help you look at those numbers so you can use that to better educate people. Yeah. Um, so the question becomes, you know, what you went back to is, how do you generate more listings? Because I, I really do believe that listings is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always the case, no matter what market you're in. It is, yes. So, as, a, as an agent, you can handle two and three times more listings than you can hand, handle buyers, right? If, if, you're, if you're doing five listings a month, no problem. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can juggle that all day long. Five buyers in a month and your hair is going to go prematurely gray. You're exhausted. Yes. You've got no family time. You've got no me time. You've got Mm -hmm. no mine time. You've got no no time. Yeah. So listings is is always going to be where it's at. Not to mention listings is if you ever want to build a team, listings is what you build a team around more so than, than, you know, generating buyers through leads you generate. Um, So listings always where it's at. But the question is, how do you generate listings? I, unfortunately, I'm, I'm going to sit here and tell you that there is no silver bullet. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of you are sitting here hoping that there, there's some, <laughs> some new aged fandango way to generate listings, but there's not. You know, buyers have always been easy to generate through internet lead generation, through mm-hmm. all kinds of different ways. But sellers, there's still really only one way to generate sellers, uh, and that's through relationships. Right. Period. Um, you know, you can get some listings through postcards and you can get some listings through, you know, some lead gen site, but mm-hmm. very few, the, the vast majority of listings are come through relationships. And that's what ultimately comes back down to. So and when so, you say relationships, Josh, do you mean your sphere of influence and working your database? Let's dig into that a little bit. Absolutely. So that's exactly right. So I, I've had several agents. I'll get on the phone. You mentioned, I try to talk mm-hmm. to at least two agents every single day. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll pick up the phone and just call a random agent. I've actually been hung up on a few times. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear their, their shock of, was that really Josh Harley calling me? <laughs> I've had a district director say, did you just call this agent? I'll say, yes, I did. It's like, okay, I'll have her call you right back. So now so, everybody listening is going to be like, when is Josh calling me? So you yeah, know that we've but, opened that up now. I, I call about two a day, you know, about 10 a week, sometimes more than that, sometimes, you know, 15 or, or more a week, but there's only 52 weeks in a year, right? So unfortunately, we have 9,000 agents. It, it's hard to get through that many agents, you know, yeah. in a year. And that's why we've, um, like, to give a plug for what we're doing, we're going to do these office hours with you regularly. So yes. agents, if you're watching and you got a question for Josh and he hasn't called you, send it in to office hours and we can talk about it. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, I, you know, I have an opportunity to talk to a lot of high producing agents, but I also have an opportunity to talk to a lot of agents who are brand new in the business or, or only close one or two homes a year, right? So my job is to serve everyone regardless of how, how much production you have in your business. Mm -hmm. And it, it's interesting that the agents I talk to are that the, the highest producing, that have, you know, big teams, you know, outside of the teams that they're generating leads for, you look at their, the highest producing agents, most of their business is built around their sphere. Mm -hmm. But a lot of agents don't know how to do that. Right. They say, well, I've got a sphere and I talk to my sphere, but I don't get any listings from that sphere. And it, just because you have a sphere doesn't mean you're going to get listings from it. You've got to be consistent. You've got to be in their face. You've got to be regular about how much you communicate with them. Mm -hmm. And if the communication is via Facebook or the communication is via, I mean, just posting things on Facebook or sending out emails, um, then you know, of course you're not going to be generating listings from that business. Yeah. So I think the first thing you need to do is just become an expert, become an expert in different neighborhoods, become an expert, you know, show, show your friends and your family and your people in your sphere that you are an expert, you know, on the listing side, even if you don't do a lot of listings, become an expert, start learning what it means, understanding what's, what's changing and shifting in your market in specific neighborhoods. Um, so I think that's number one is key. Yeah. So that way, when you do talk to, uh, home buyer, I'm sorry, homeowners, then they have confidence that you know what you're talking about. And they have a confidence if they give you the listing that you're going to be able to take care of them. Yeah. And so homeowners have so many questions about the market. I mean, the, the conversation that we just had, I mean, as homeowners, we're sitting there wondering, right? What do interest rates mean? What do inflation mean? What does supply look like? So becoming an expert in the local market and sharing that expertise is going to you know, create that engagement that you're talking about, if not just throwing out Facebook posts or sending emails, but people actually wanting to engage and talk with you about the market to get their questions answered. That's right. You, you want to become an expert and a, a trusted thought leader. Yeah. And so that way you're building confidence in mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the screen froze on my side. I have to ask you, so the whole world's not staring at me, my, my mouth wide open. <laughs> it didn't freeze on my side. No, it, it's flowing. It's, it's perfect. It's funny. <laughs> if nothing else, it'd be a very entertaining uh, video to watch. I'm sitting there with my mouth open. And very That's right. Well, the good thing is the podcast is audio, so uh, they won't even know it, other than the fact that we're talking about it now. Oh, oh <laughs> very good. I, I can sit here and scratch my nose then. No one's going to know. Well, don't do that because the Facebook Live is video. So. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll do that then. Um, so I think the next part is that even if you have a sphere of influence, you've got to be in front of them. You know, I read a book a long time ago that it's basically, you know, never eat alone. Uh -huh. it's, it's not the title of the book, but that was kind of the idea of the book, right? You never yeah. eat alone. Use every opportunity to build relationships, to network, to communicate. And so I'd encourage you to do the same thing. You know, if there, you got five days a week, you know, maybe pick, maybe pick one or two people every single day to meet with for coffee, to meet with for lunch. Um, use those opportunities to build relationships, deepen the relationships you have, and remind people that you're a realtor, mm -hmm. right? If, if you've got friend or family, this happened probably to every realtor out there, but if you've got a friend or family member that, that said, oh, I just listened to my home last week. And you're like, why not me? Well, yes. whose fault is that? Is that their fault or is it your fault? The chances are it's probably your fault that either you didn't create that confidence or they just forgot at the time, Yeah. right? And if they forgot at the time, then that's your fault. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's, it's important to meet with people. So I would say, for example, number one is understanding the math and the dynamic behind your sphere. Mm -hmm. So let's say for argument's sake, you've got, you know, a hundred people in your sphere. 
Now, if you're more of a, an introvert like me, you might have 50 people. If you're more of an extrovert like Wendy, you might have 150, mm -hmm. right? So it really depends on, you know, but I think the average person is about 100 people in your mm -hmm. sphere. Um, now, some of those people are going to be really close relationships and some of them not. But the idea is, how do you turn those 100 people into close relationships and be in front of them on a, you know, frequency that they're going to remember when the time, when the opportunity arises? So we, we know that give or take about 5% of the population moves every year. So you got about five people in your sphere that are going to move every year. Well, that's only five listings or five closings mm -hmm. in a year, right? That's nothing to be, you know, over the moon about. And it's not bad, but it's not something right. that... We, we all want 20, 30, 40 closings a year, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's a lot of people aspire for. And so, you know, the question is, how do you get there? But you know that the people in your sphere, the 100 people probably know about 100 people on average as well, right? So 100 times 100 is what? Thousands. That's right. So you, you, that's a big number. Yes. And so now that means 5% of that's about 500. Mm -hmm. So there's 500 people in your second level of your sphere that are going to move every single year. That's a big number. That is. The question is, how do you get them? So how do you get every single person in your sphere to refer one person even every two years? Mm -hmm. You can get everyone to refer one person even every two years. That's still 25 closings a year. Right. I mean, now that, that's exciting. That's not that hard to do. Yeah. So I think once you understand the math, you know, the dynamics of, I'm sorry, that's 50 closings a year. Yeah. Right. So once you understand that the dynamics of that, you, know, you can generate 50 closings per year. Even if they refer one person every three years, that's still, what, 25, 35 closings per year, give or take. Yeah. And so these are big numbers. Mm -hmm. But the, the only way you're going to get that is by building those relationships, mm -hmm. by meeting people for coffee, uh, by meeting people for lunch. And so a lot of agents who I'm talking on the phone, they say, well, how do I do that? Like, mm -hmm. I can't just pick up the phone and say, hey, you want to grab lunch together? Right. So there are some interesting ways to do that. You can do that with Facebook. That's one of my favorite ways to do that. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you might see, I use this example a lot, but you might see someone who posted uh, you know, about their Hawaii trip. Right. And so you don't just like or comment, but send them a DM, send them a private message saying, hey, I saw you just got back from Hawaii. You know, I'm thinking about going with my husband or with my wife or taking my kids. You know, I've been I've been to Maui before, but you were, you know, you were in Kauai. I'd love to know more about that. What were the best places? Can I buy you lunch or can I buy you coffee? And let's just, you know, I'd love to hear your story. Yeah. Um, that gives you an excuse to meet with somebody. Mm -hmm. And when you meet with those people, you're not sitting there trying to sell them on your services. You're building relationships. Yeah. You're talking about them. You're letting them spend most of the time talking you know, about their life and asking questions. Um, and then of course you're telling stories along, along the way as well. Mm -hmm. So I want to encourage everyone here to become a storyteller, right? Learn how to be a storyteller. So that way you're not saying, Hey, don't forget I'm a realtor. Don't forget to use me. <laughs> there are other ways to do that besides just shoving it down their throats. Yeah. For example, you can tell them a story about, you know, I was, I was out showing homes and had the top down on my convertible and it started like out of the rain or out of the blue started pouring down rain on me. Like I thought for sure I was going to drown inside my car. It was Something tells me this is a story you've heard, isn't it? <laughs> it is a story I've heard. Yeah. It, torrential yeah. downpour. And by the time they got pulled over and, and up, I mean, they had like a couple inches of water in their car. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of ex examples of that. I mean, showing a home to newlywed couple 
and just showing, you know, talking about the just the love and the the admiration they had for each other and how sweet that was. Yes. And boy, is life going to be rude to them later on. And, and we, the, the you know, becoming a storyteller. I mean, it's why we call this real estate stories, right? Because yes. that is that is our life that we lead every day. And the more we share our real estate story with people, the more we're validating our expertise, and the more we're building those relationships. So uh, that, that definitely, you know, is aligned with that. So let me recap what, what you've just shared. So number one you shared is become an expert in the market. So make sure that you're studying the market, you know what's happening in your local market and that you're sharing that expertise. And then number two that you shared was get in front of your sphere of influence. So not just like and send emails, but, but proactively reach out and engage and build those relationships. I'll take that one step further. So, you know, the idea of utilizing Facebook to be able to have that first, you know, one-on-one -on -one meeting with them, you know, coffee or lunch or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then that now makes it a lot easier to pick up the phone and call somebody. Right. Because if, if I just out of the blue after it's been two years and I met with someone, pick up the phone and call them, that's going to be weird. They're like, okay, but how can I help you? Right. Mm -hmm. That's just weird. But if you and I met for coffee and you told me a story or you told me that your daughter's getting married or that, you know, whatever's happening, you know, your son's got a select soccer, you know, tournament coming up. I now have a reason to pick up the phone and call you and say, Hey, how was the tournament? Or how was the wedding? Right. Uh, you know, how do you feel? Right. How does she yes. feel? So you have an excuse not to pick up the phone. And now the next time and the next time it's not weird anymore. It's because not. you've got a relationship. You do, which is way more fun, right, than cold calling or responding to online leads that are, you know, just cold, flat, you don't have any relationship um, with. Exactly right. It will increase your um, enjoyment and your job satisfaction and what you do every day. Well, one thing I want to, a piece of advice I want to share is that you can't remember, well, maybe I can't remember 100 <laughs> people's stories. Right. So use your database. Every time mm -hmm. I meet with someone or get off a call with someone, the first thing I'll do is I'll do a data dump. You know, mm -hmm. what did he or she share with me? And I'll add that to notes. I'll have, you know, my sphere, not just my leads, but my sphere yeah. in my CRM. And I'll add notes, you know, wedding is coming up. And I'll actually put that on my calendar as a reminder. And maybe I'll actually send them a gift card to, you know, to mom for the spa and for the daughter or for the son for, you know, you know, $50 gift card to Bed Bath & Beyond or something, right? Um, you know, that, that creates relationships and makes people, you know, endears them to you. But also, you know, a month later, I pick up the phone and call them. I'm going to remember that last the conversation we had, you know, that the five or six things we talked about so I can follow up on that conversation. Not only is it important for you, but it'll, it'll help, again, endear them to you because you remember, even though you may not actually remember, but the fact is you're taking the effort. You're making the effort yes, to yes. remember these things. Yeah, and that's so, what a combination of relationship and systems, right? Those two things mm -hmm. go together in our business is you're using a system, your CRM, and in our case, our IntelliAgent CRM does that so well to, you know, to really build the relationship um, and, and remember those things and, and remember to call them and, and stay in touch. So I love the system side of our business and connecting the systems with the relationship. That is super powerful. Yeah. The, the one last thing I'd say is that when you're talking to your sphere, you're working with your sphere, um, ask for the business, mm -hmm. right? So it, it's okay to ask. For that. I mean, don't make the call about that. Um, but every once in a while, remember, just remind them, say, Hey, you know, if, if you meet someone along the way, would you refer them to me? If you're in person, go one step further. Mm -hmm. You know, if everyone's going to say to your face, of course I will. 
even yeah. if they don't actually do it. They're gonna say, of course I will. Hand them a few business cards and say, listen, do me a favor. Um, here's a couple of my business cards. Keep them in your, in, your, in your purse or keep them in your drawer at the office or whatever. When you meet someone, would you give them my business card? And then would you ask them for permission for me to call them? Mm -hmm. Don't say, here's a business card, call them. Right. Say, here's this business card, can I have them call you? Mm -hmm. Because th that's going to be much more likely for you to be able to get a hold of someone and talk to someone versus them actually calling you. Chances yeah. are they may get the business card, but they'll never call you. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, if, if you, Wendy, are the one that's referring that client to me, you say, Wendy, you're going to say to your friend Susan, hey, Susan, you got to meet Josh. He's a fantastic realtor. Here's his business card. Can I have him call you? If they say yes, then you, Wendy, you're going to reach out to me and say, hey, Josh, my friend Susan's, you know, getting ready to move. You know, here's her information. She said it's okay to call her. Right. That's a much more effective way to, to ensure you get those leads. Yeah. Yeah. Great advice there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That, you dropped a lot of good advice there, Josh, like quickly. So we've got, you know, become an expert in your market, get in front of them, build the relationship tell your story and tell tell the real estate stories to build your expertise and value and ask for the business and make sure that you're working that into the conversations. Yeah. I, I wish there was a silver bullet. I really yeah, do, but there's did. not. And it's, you know, if you should be meeting with someone every single day. And if you do, it'll still take you sometimes three months to meet with everyone in person. Mm -hmm. And so now you can, you can meet with someone at church. You can meet with someone else. If you got a, if you, if you actually have a real conversation that can count, but you should be talking to everyone at least, you know, once a month on the phone. So yeah. meet with them once a quarter, uh, talk to them on the phone once a month, and then all the other communication every month, every week, whether it be Facebook posts, other kind of communications, actual emails. By the way, one more, if sending them actual physical mailers. Mm -hmm. You and I both know when they get in the mail, they're going to throw it away. That's not the point. It's okay they throw it away. But the mm -hmm. fact is, right at that moment, they'll see my face, Josh Harley, and they'll remember me for a you know, a moment, but then let's say later that day or the next day, their next neighbor says, Hey, you know, we're getting relocated. We're going to have to move. I'm going to miss you. Instead of the conversation being, Oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to miss you. Our kids love playing together. It's going to be, Hey, I just heard from my realtor yesterday. Let me go grab that out of the garbage can. Let yeah. me give that to you. You should talk to him. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. We call that mind share. It's a way of keeping mind share with people. Top of mind. That's right. Top so, of mind. Yeah. Don't be afraid of the fact that you're going to throw away. It's not a waste because it's, it's just a, a little reminder every single day. So when something does pop up, they remember to share you with someone else. It is. Yep. Great advice. So Josh, we have, we're going to be doing office hours with you um, regularly moving forward. We already have future episodes just to tease everyone that's listening and watching a little bit on digging into some other things that, um, you know, are related to building our listing inventory, like online leads, like other, like social marketing. Um, we're going to talk about some industry trends. So we have a lot of topics coming up. So for everyone that is listening, uh, please watch for those notifications of upcoming episodes of Office Hours with Josh. And Josh, for this episode, I want to wrap it up. And uh, for those of you listening, we had a, a bit of debate on this going uh, back and forth, but I've been asking guests that have been on the podcast to share with us sort of three songs that they sort of really like um, that either they play when they need a little bit of motivation or maybe on their way to that listing appointment. Um, and, and, and just like, what's that mixed tape? If Josh Harley has a mixed tape, uh, what's that, what's that playlist look like? 
this was actually really hard for me. It really was. So the, the first one I'm going to say is, is Otis Redding uh, sitting on the dock of the bay. Oh, very uh, nice. There's, there's me a lot of millennials and Gen Gen Zs that, that I have no idea what I'm talking about. But uh, you know, pull that song up and listen to it. You know, it's for me, you know, running a company that has six organizations in, in the company, mm-hmm. um, you know, just there's always something. I mean, I'm working 70, 80 hours a week. And it, it's a song that just helps me remember to, to sit back, relax, and just enjoy life. Now, if you actually listen to the lyrics, that's not what it's saying. I mean, he's a little depressed <laughs> in there, you know. But um, but it, it is a good reminder. Sometimes take a step back. If you drink wine, grab a glass of wine or a cigar or whatever it is and just just soak in life and enjoy life and take a break. We mm-hmm. all need that. I know I need that. You know, God knows I need that. Uh, mm-hmm. So first of all, I love, he's one of my favorite singers. I love Otis Redding's voice, just mm-hmm. incredible voice, timeless voice. Yes. Uh, the next one is, is Jordan Davis. It's a country, country song, uh, but it's church in a Chevy. Okay. Yeah, that's weird, but it's, <laughs> you know, we, we all need a little more one-on-one time with God. And it reminds me that you don't have to walk into a church, uh, church building to communicate with God. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's a great opportunity, a great reminder for me to, to take a moment and just, you know, commune with God and, and you know, find my center again. Yeah. You know, I realize that everyone's listening is not a Christian or doesn't believe, and that's okay. Um, but taking a moment to meditate, just just to understand and, and recenter yourself, I think is always important. Um, I, not to mention, I just love the way it sounds. <laughs> great tune. And the last one's weird. You're gonna make most people are gonna make fun of me for the song because no one likes Creed. But Fathom would not be the company it is without this song. Really? Uh, okay. It's uh. Creed with arms wide open. Arms right. wide open. It's it's a story about you know he's 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 having a child and he's welcoming that child into the you know into the world and yeah. he wants his child to be a better man than than he is. Um, he wants the the child to to embrace the world or take the mm-hmm. world by the horn kind of idea. Mm-hmm. And it was a moment in my life where I would I had my son coming you know into the world. Mm-hmm. My first son. This is two thousand, and it was a kind of a coming to Jesus moment for me because, you know, I'd always believed that someday I was going to change the world. I truly believe that my father always poured that into me someday you're going to change the world. And I remember hearing that song and my idea of changing the world completely shifted at that very moment. Cause I realized that, that, you know, my idea of changing the world and God's idea of the change of the world could be different. Yeah. You know, my idea of change the, or my idea became that if I just poured into him and helped his life be better and then take that same idea, how do I pour pour life and, and pour service into other people and help their lives be better. I can change the world simply by changing the world of the people around me and just showing them, be an example to them that they can do the same for other people. And so that's, that's a lot of the principles that Fathom is built on. It is. And the inspiration came from that song. That was kind of a coming to Jesus moment for me um, that changed my whole worldview. Wow. And so it's not the song. But the song inspired that. Yeah, the sentiment of that. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing that. That is uh, that is really, really interesting to hear that. And I see that in working with you. Like I can see the how that has shaped um, where we are today as an organization and and all of the people within you know our organization. And that that's really, really special uh, to see that. So Josh, thank you for joining us. Thank you everyone for listening and tuning in to Real Estate Stories. And we'll look forward to uh, you joining us again on the next episode of Office Hours with Josh Harley. Looking forward to it. Thank you, everybody. 